During this time of limited travel, increased isolation, and stressful media, we want to make the most of this time right here at home. Let us be your escape from life's monotony. Allow yourself to indulge in your wildest travel fantasies and discover the constant beauty of this ever-changing world with the Wanderlusting Wives podcast. On today's episode, we're going to do part two of our two-part series on the land of fire and ice, Iceland. Welcome to the Wanderlusting Wives podcast. We are your navigators, Allison and Regan. And today we'll be diving deeper into the second half of our journey through Iceland. Uh, but as always, before we head into our deep content, we have our icebreaker. So Allie, here is our question. What actor or actress would you want to play you in a movie about your life? Okay, good question. This is kind of like a just first actress that popped into my head. So it's not really like relevant or I think she would play me well, but Jennifer Lawrence um, is who I would pick. Only be this is my only reason is because I really like the Hunger Games and she's Katniss. It's <laughs> a good so reason. Not, yeah, it's, it's a valid reason, but you know, I don't really know if she'd play in my life that well, but I'm just going to go with her. <laughs> she is a really great actress. She was just in a movie called Don't Look Up. Have you yes, seen that? I just watched that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so, mind-blowing I had so much to think about after that movie yeah definitely but how about you great choice uh I think I would have to say Kristen Bell because I feel like she is my spirit animal yeah Um, I can see that (laughs) (laughs) I walked into my uncle's store one time and he was like oh I thought it was Kristen Bell you look like Kristen Bell with your glasses on and like um, so I guess I kind of look like her, but then also I just love her as an actress. I think she gets comedy really well. I think she'd do really great at it. And I just think that The Good Place is the best show almost ever, probably easily top three. So yeah, yeah Kristen that, Bell. That's, that's a great choice. Can't really go wrong with her. Yeah, so true. That icebreaker out of the way. Let's get into Iceland, which I know is what everyone is itching to get into. So... We're going to pick up uh, where we left off on our little journey. We made a stop at the VD Power Station, which, um, if you don't know, Iceland is really impressive uh, with their renewable energy resources. So nearly 100% of Iceland's energy is renewable, 73% of that being hydrothermal and 27% of that being geothermal. And at the power station, we got to learn all about that process and there's these huge pipes and just like these little huts sticking out of the ground but it's just a really impressive process what did, what do you, you think Allie yeah I really enjoyed I thought the place that we went to was really informational and talked about like volcanoes and stuff like that so I didn't really realize that there were even volcanoes in Iceland I know like the land of fire and ice but I just didn't really like put two and two together for some reason yeah. I was like Oh, yeah, that would be volcanoes, not like actual like forest fires or something. Um, Yeah. So that was really interesting. And I I really enjoy like science type of of stuff. So I really enjoyed visiting the video power station. I thought it was very um, unique experience. Yeah. And exactly what you said, where it's like, oh, I didn't know there were volcanoes. But like literally within a couple of days driving from a glacier to then all of this geothermal activity and being surrounded by lava fields um but yeah it's just so cool cannot emphasize enough that you drive 
and you never know what's going to be around the corner in the landscape. It's it's just mind boggling. Yeah, definitely. And I, I remember like driving past the fields of lava and it was like, weren't we just looking at green land with like waterfalls? <laughs> what are we doing? Like, that's why I know I've mentioned it in the um, previous episode, but they train um, for like moon landings there because it's just like this outworldly experience that you just don't know what's going to be around the bend. And fields of lava was definitely not what I thought was going to be around the bend. Yeah, and the fields of lava even kind of played into the ancient folklore of the country, too, where it's like, there was this one place we went called Dimmuborger, and again, disclaimer, so sorry if we mispronounce these words, they are very difficult to pronounce, Icelandic's an incredibly hard language and impressive language, Um, but Dimmuborger, I believe, is a national park in Iceland, and it kind of is where their ancient folklore around trolls started, Because there's these lava formations that just look like little nooks and crannies where a troll could be hiding anywhere you look. Yeah, I remember specifically, I'm just envisioning this picture right now that we have of us just like popping out behind this, like, I guess, chunk (laughs) of lava, I guess you could call it, um, pretending to be trolls. So that was a really unique experience. Yeah. And and then speaking, too, of like how there are volcanoes. Allie, do you want to take a stab at pronouncing this one? (laughs) Verge, verge fall. Something like Anyways, that. Anyways, <laughs> it's spelled H V E R F as in Frank J A L L. So you can take your own stab at pronouncing that. We did ours. Um, but it's the largest volcanic crater in Iceland. Um, so there's your proof if you needed any additional that there are actually volcanoes in there. And we <laughs> hiked to the top of it, inducing asthma in at least one of us. <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah, that was definitely a take your breath away because of what we saw when we got to the top of the rim and because of how steep it was. It was it didn't look that steep, but you're just going and going. It feels like the top is getting farther and farther away. Yeah, you get up there and it's like worth, yeah. you know, practically passing out because you can't breathe but (laughs) it was very very awesome yeah yeah and I think as we were hiking up weren't you like oh I'm gonna do a time lapse of us hiking up this and getting to the view at the top and then Allie's like dying of asthma (laughs) she's like you have to take it take it to the top and so I'm like okay dying myself but doing it for the bit you know that's right (laughs) But uh, so, yeah, I mean, you have all of the unexpected of Iceland, but then there are things you can't expect, such as there being sheep literally everywhere. And I know we touched on this last time, but I just want to reiterate it because you cannot prepare yourself for the number of sheep and where they're going to be at any given moment, which may be right in the middle of the road and you can't really do anything about it. So if you've seen the musical come from away and if you haven't, I highly recommend that you at least listen to the music. It is the most inspirational story. Um, There's a line in there that says, that there in the middle of the road, yeah, that's a sheep. She'll move when she's good and ready. And actually in the show it says moose instead of sheep, but apply it to the sheep because they have the right of way. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. It's almost like if any of our listeners live like anywhere in the country where there's deer just like everywhere and Mm -hmm. you're just on your toes like okay when is a deer gonna hop out well 
when is a sheep gonna pop out is kind of what you have to be thinking <laughs> yeah. about and I know there was I there's some video that I remember I don't know which one of us has it but we're just like slowly going on the road and taking videos of the sheep like so close to our car like they're just chilling not even bothered by the car yep yeah yep. it was crazy they just seemed like oh yeah this is just an everyday thing cars going by and we're just doing our own little thing yep and and like if you do hit a sheep with a car you have to go by the rules in the United States for when you hit a dog where you have to stop and you have to find out who owns the dog um, and go from there and it's the same thing because sheep for a lot of people in Iceland that's like their livelihood that's how they're getting their money and you have to go and find them <laughs> as few and far between as houses are <laughs> yeah definitely and speaking of jobs and animals uh, we went to a town called Flattery I think that's actually one word I can say <laughs> um, <laughs> And it was a small fishing um, town in the peninsula that had a population of under 300 people. It was so quaint and cute. And the one thing that really drawed us there as tourists um, was an avalanche wall. Um, And in 1995, there was an avalanche in Iceland. So, you know, another thing to the list of things that they have in Iceland. Mm -hmm. Um, They had an avalanche that killed several people, so Iceland decided to do something about that, and they created this avalanche wall um, that we were able to go see. And one of the things that was really fun about this little town was they had a crochet bicycle. It was the cutest thing. I'm pretty sure it was just like a regular bicycle. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was a regular bicycle. It just had crochet um, around it, but it was like so colorful and very unique. And then the little kids in us, or the toddler in Regan, um, <laughs> guilty, um, yeah, uh, stumbled upon the coolest playground ever, and it had a zip line. So you best believe it, we were doing that zip line so many times. Oh yeah, and was- and like that town, it was so interesting. Like they built that wall for a town of at the time less than two hundred people. Mm-hmm. So it's like they're they're taking time to put the infrastructure in to protect their people and to protect their land, which I think we could really learn something from. Um, but then also just like the hospitality of people right be- below the hostel that we were staying in was this little bakery. And so we wandered over there just really casually and we're talking with the owner um, and eating some really great baked goods. Um, it was just the cutest little town like a little peninsula of a town um but it's a hidden gem I would say yeah definitely I would recommend checking it out for sure it's it's small but it's you know it's something worthwhile because then you can really interact with some locals where you might not be able to in the bigger places that more tourists are checking out yeah so that moves us on to our next stop which oh this is going to be a fun one Dinjendi Falls maybe Yinjendi Sounds, yeah, yeah, sounds right. <laughs> something like that. It was a waterfall, okay? A series of actually seven waterfalls. And mm-hmm. I like to say, don't go chasing waterfalls. But when you're in Iceland, chase all the waterfalls you can because <laughs> they are, I mean, it is obviously water flowing, but they're just so unique. Some are skinny, some are tons of water rushing over. So it was just such an awesome um, experience to see all these different waterfalls um, yeah so you, you just really can't get don't sick get of sick of it yeah it's just it's so I don't know it's just amazing it just wows you I, I'm, I'm speechless I don't even know what else to say because it's just like <laughs> you're just driving on the road and like oh there's a waterfall it's like 
so unique. You, you don't really see that like in the States or really any other country that I've been to at mm-hmm. least. And we probably saw hundreds of waterfalls on our way to Taknafjordr, mm-hmm. which holds a very special story for <laughs> us. So um, veering a little bit from more like the landscape or culture of Iceland. So um, booking the Airbnb, uh, we were going to be staying with a guy named Framar. And we created stories about he was going to be some middle-aged man who ran this Airbnb that we were going to stay at. And at dinner, once we got to Taknafjordr, we were joking about, should we ask the waitress if she knew him? Or maybe he'd just stroll in since it's such a small town. And uh, we were checking out and waiting for our ice cream. And someone behind us, it's almost out of like a rom-com. You can picture this moment in slow-mo where it's like someone behind us says, hey, are you staying with me tonight? And I'm like the <laughs> slow turnaround. <laughs> but needless to say, Framar was not a middle-aged man. But he was like a 20-something man with flippy blonde hair and like muscles rippling out of his shirt. <laughs> I almost envisioned like a slow-mo of a movie where like the lifeguard comes out and the lady's like, oh my god. Well, that's exactly what it is. Yeah, Yeah, because he was like a volunteer firefighter and would like Mm -hmm. rescue tourists when they didn't know the roads. And Allie and I even joked, we were like, we should get lost so that he could come (laughs) rescue us. (laughs) Yeah, we had a really great time staying at Framar's Airbnb. And he was so great to just like learn more about the country. And he even liked to learn more about our country and thought it was funny to give Regan's dad a mug with Trump on it. (laughs) So I'm pretty sure he saved that special for his American guests. Yeah. Um, So he even said he was like, oh, it's a joke that I got when I went over to the States. And it was like, it was kind of humbling as an American to be like, wow, like, we think of our country as everyone worships us. And I mean, in a way, they they do like our country has a lot to offer. But also, we're not seen as perfect to the rest of the world. And so it, it was it was really humbling, honestly. But again, a really cool experience to get to know um, some of the culture of Iceland and get to know a local person because he, he like he said, he was a volunteer firefighter and would have to rescue tourists because there is snow in Iceland. There's the four seasons and tourists would try to go out on the roads and then they'd get stuck um, because they were not well prepared. And so um, he told us all about stories that he would have to go rescue people and things like that, because Iceland is a beautiful country, but can be an unpredictable country. Yeah, absolutely. I would say like one of my uh, favorite parts of Framar's visit, this was not at his Airbnb, but a little ways um, down the road was a hot pool and we didn't have mm. to get undressed at the top of a mountain. So that's a win. <laughs> yeah. I love that. There's just like hot pools and hot springs that you can go in on the side of the road, mm-hmm. like just natural pools. And it's, uh, it's perfect when you get those chilly evenings. <laughs> yeah. It was a great night uh, to end on there with the hot pool after meeting Framework. He wasn't yeah. there, but you know, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but then leaving Framars was possibly, a- after that, was possibly one of my favorite moments of the trip. We went to Latrebiarg Cliffs, which actually is the westernmost part of Europe. So, um, and also, the closest land to the south is Antarctica. 
So it's like this weird moment in time where you're kind of trying to wrap your head around the fact that Antarctica is the closest land to you. Um, But it's these really high cliffs and you can lay down with your head poking over the cliffs. And mind you, if you do this, do not stand at the edge of the cliffs. You must lay down and like crawl your way forward very slowly because the cliffs are very fragile. Um, So also not for the faint of heart. (laughs) But you do get to see that there are a lot of puffins there. And puffins weren't really in like nesting season while we were there. So we didn't see them up close. But flying down like uh, like through the cliff and with the water there, it was serene and surreal. Yeah, I think the best time they say to see the puffins are June and July. And we were there in August. So we had just Mm -hmm. missed peak season for the puffins. But we were able to see quite a few so that was still nice so if you really are going to go to see the puffins I recommend going in June and July so we attempted to make it to Rodensander and there were tons and tons of hairpin turns and we saw a nice beach off in the distance while we were also having a flat tire get changed on our car so (laughs) not to say this will happen to you if you go to Iceland it can happen anywhere um, but just be prepared and know that when you, if you decide to get a rental car, make sure you have a spare tire or you know how to contact someone um, so you can get that help. Thankfully, we did have a spare and could get back to the next closest town to get that fixed. And people were so, so nice and um, able to get us in right away. But just take note of that. If you are going to rent a car, make sure you are prepared and have a spare or have some way to contact um, for help. Definitely. And also look at your rental car contract mm-hmm. um, because you do never know the roads. Uh, literally, when we say we were on the other side of a mountain, when we got the flat tire, it's 100 percent true. And it could happen to anyone anywhere. So definitely make sure that you're covered. So moving on, this is kind of like our Valentine's Day special here because you're going to be listening to this on the 15th. Um, so we went to a place <laughs> called Patrisfjord for the night. And this was such a cool Airbnb guest house type of situation. So we just kept driving and driving. I think it was, I don't know, like maybe a half hour it felt like off the main road. Maybe mm-hmm. that's a little much. But it seemed it was like just on and on. We were going to this remote location that was actually powered by a nearby waterfall um, that you could also swim in as well. We didn't uh, swim in it, but we were able to see the waterfall um, that was powering our uh, guest house but most importantly which ties in the valentine's day part here is that regan and i had the honor of staying in the honeymoon suite <laughs> so <laughs> it was very yeah, romantic like, yeah it was uh it was interesting so like brown uh comforter some red pillows <laughs> like yep. a queen size bed we had some really deep conversations <laughs> we did yeah so it wasn't our honeymoon but you know, whoever gets to have their honeymoon, honeymoon there. Yeah, I hope they enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but also at that uh, guest house, we had a chance to talk with the host uh, during and after brunch, which was really nice because if you're staying in a hotel, you know, you should just check in, check out and leave. But we got the chance to talk to the host and they helped us pronounce Icelandic words. Clearly, we need to go back and get some more help. Um, <laughs> and then... The funny thing that they had mentioned was that the easiest way to spot a tourist is they are wearing hiking boots and coats. And that is us to a T. Hiking boots <laughs> and a coat every day. And we all, and only hiking boots and coats because 
I don't know that we've mentioned this yet, but literally for the entire trip, we had all of our stuff in one backpack each. So we had to figure (laughs) out how to pack everything for 10 days into one backpack. (laughs) Yeah, that was crazy. We were taking uh, Wow Air, which sadly does not exist anymore. But Mm. there was like this fee or something. If you had a carry-on, you had to pay extra so we just like, no, we're going to do this as cheap as we can. Let's try to fit everything in a backpack for 10 days. Yep. So I remember I was like wearing my hiking boots, like thick socks, leggings, a t-shirt, a sweatshirt, my jacket, all on the airplane just so I had yep. room in my backpack. So Yeah, I still to this day have no idea if I could ever do that again. (laughs) It's honestly my motivation. Anytime I'm struggling to pack into a tiny suitcase, I'm like, I did 10 days in a backpack in Iceland. I can do this. (laughs) But again, pro tips from the locals. Definitely. If you take one thing away, no, actually take two things away, take away the fact that you need to go to Iceland, but also stay with local people. Like, get to know them, get to know their stories, get to know their culture. It means the world to them that you invest your time. Um, But then also you leave a little with a little more um, gratitude and humility in your life, just knowing other people. One of the next things that we did. Oh, this is really fun. I think I've said that about every every place I've tried to say, but this one is interesting. It's spelled E-R-P-S-S-T-A-D-I-R. Erpstadir. <laughs> yeah, something like that. All I know <laughs> is it had some really yummy ice cream. And mm-hmm. it was, was it a dairy farm or a horse farm? Some kind of farm. It was a exactly. dairy farm and it had a bunch of different kinds of ice cream. And I remember it being a little more icy than creamy. Mm-hmm. Do you yep. remember that too? Yeah. But it, it was, was really good. A quick it was stop. Really good. Highly recommend. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Speaking and at that point food. in the trip, we were kind of like making our way back towards Reykjavik to leave, mm-hmm. sadly. Um, yep. But on our way, we stopped in Bogarns um, and we had dinner at the settlement center there. And it was really unique because the restaurant was built so that one of the walls was actually the mountain. And like, it was just so cool that we're sitting there at dinner and we just put our hand a foot to the left or a foot to the right or whatever and we're like huh that's that's a mountain that we're touching and it, it was just really cool <laughs> yeah it was a really unique experience and the food was really good from what I remember so if you have time yeah. to check it out I highly recommend they even have a gift shop if you're looking for some last minute souvenirs that's as right. you make your way back yeah so that that I think was like the last moment of interest before we got back to Reykjavik right but in, in Reykjavik, you've probably seen pictures of this really, really unique looking church. It's like it kind of s- scoops up on almost both like, sides. I was going to say like a rocket almost. Yeah, it does. It looks almost like alien. Like it's mm-hmm. it's really cool. The architecture is super cool. Um, but it's called, and I'm going to mispronounce this, Halgrimskirkja. Sounds good to me. <laughs> <laughs> it's the traditional church in Reykjavik. If you've seen a picture of Reykjavik, that's probably what you've seen. Um, but we did get a chance to see an organ concert in the church. And the organist had crazy fast feet. Like, it was unlike anything I'd ever heard before. And that was, it was really cool. A really good way to spend our last evening. Yeah, and it was free. We just, like, walked in because we're like, oh, let's go check it out. This is, like, the touristy thing to do in Reykjavik. And there was just like a free organ concert. It was yeah, awesome. 
Yeah. Yeah. And then mm. the saddest moment of all, flying back home. But yeah. we did get to fly over Greenland. And mm-hmm. we'd like to confirm that we pretty much only saw snow as far as the eye could see. So that's just proof that Greenland and Iceland are flip-flopped. So yeah. that kind of confirmed things for us on our sad flight home. <laughs> yeah. But the 10 days we were there, was it was packed. And there's so much that we missed, which is why we need to go back. Yeah, absolutely. That about wraps up our two-part series of Iceland. But if you have any more questions or would like um, to know some of the places that we went to that we didn't get to talk about, because there were plenty of others, um, just reach out to us via email, leave comments on our social medias, and we would be happy to help you. And we, as you know, love to talk about Iceland. Thanks for tuning in to the Wanderlusting Wives podcast. Come escape with us again next Tuesday morning. Give us a subscribe and a follow on all of our social media and wherever you listen to your podcasts. And until we chat next week, wander on.